Hello, welcome back. It is week 106 on Out on That Line podcast. I'm Jeff with my co-host Alex as always. Alex, how are you doing this week? Are you ready to go down under, Jeff? It's track 106, <laughs> baby. Let's fucking go. <laughs> I am so ready for this week. We have a treat. So we owe a lot of where we've gotten this far to our audience from Australia and started with John Farnham and we moved through, did some cold chisel. We did some Olivia Newton, John, we did some more John Farnham. We really kind of went around the block with some Australian artists, but we've never done a full episode on an Australian artist. And this week is the time and it's going to be Jimmy Barnes and the 2014 album hindsight. Are you excited? Oh, I'm shaking like a dog shitting peach seeds over here. Am I excited? What kind of a question is that? It's Uncle Jimmy, baby. If we're going to do a full Australian album, I'm keen as a bean that it's Jimmy Barnes. Like, he's Mm -hmm. my guy. Out of all the people that we've encountered, Jimmy Barnes is my guy. Yeah. He's got, like, the voice out of Valhalla. Like, just insane. Insane good. And for a long time now, too. I mean, started with Cold Chisel in the 70s, I believe, and then I think it was 1983, broke away from Cold Chisel to go out on his own. And a lot of times that doesn't work, you know, and I suppose nowadays, like when One Direction broke up, we're in the heyday of social media already. So it's like those artists are very well known outside of their group. Obviously, they were all of Cold Chisel was very well known, but for him to go on to even bigger success on his own after the level. And it's not like cold chisel was like a cult band an underground band. Like they had some of the biggest albums in Australia when they came out and then he went on his own and just continued to rock. I mean, just has such a, uh, a mango chainsaw of a voice. It is, it is really truly fantastic. Mm, I like the way you put it like a mango chainsaw. Yeah. Too bad I don't have another one with me this week. Um, <laughs> I mean, I yeah, that's the thing. is uh, So from what we're learning in the comments from our Australian friends is that a lot of these groups have to cut their teeth on, like, the pub circuit. And mm-hmm. you can tell because this is music that is designed. You're supposed to have a good time. And it, it shines through in every single song on this album, even the ones, like, and we'll get to them, but stuff like Stone Cold, which kind of takes it down a little bit, never takes it like all the way down. There's always that cigarette smoke, glass of vodka, mm-hmm. you know, sweating. Prof- I just see Jimmy Barnes as a sweaty dude. I feel like he must <laughs> yeah. have just sweat buckets yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I could absolutely see that. You get under those hot lights, you know, you've had a couple pops. Like, I, I can see it. Um, and that shines through even in like a studio produced album like this, it shines through. And I was worried. I was worried after the last Springsteen that, you know, you kind of got like a boomer rock star and Mm -hmm. like, is he going to gloss it up too much? I don't want like a super glossy studio production, Mm -hmm. which it was, but that's why you have uncle Jimmy to dirty up the joint, baby. It was better than I could have hoped for. I think just his voice, like, again, I think that's something that we're going to talk about an awful lot as we go through this is that voice. And at what, 60 something years old is late sixties. I think what was he born? 1956. I think I, I read, um, let's see. Yeah. Born 
April 1956. So like pretty old. What's that? 67. And for me, it's just like, it's incredible that he still can sing like that. And I guess in 2014, he would have been still in his fifties, but like a lot of people have lost it by that age. You know, there's a lot of people and we don't need to go down a list, but a, a long list of folks that weren't singing like they used to, even at their late thirties, like to hold on to it that long is wild. And it's so good. And the reason I think we picked this album is because this kind of covers a lot of ground through Jimmy Barnes's career, just recorded in, you know, in 2014, what was the present day? Um, brought in a lot of special guests, a lot of special guests on this one and, and some real heaters on this album, some absolute bangers. Um, you told me that this album was was all bangers and I hadn't listened to it yet, but I trust you. I always trust you with this stuff. And man, you weren't kidding. You were not kidding about this one because right from the word go, it just took off and did not stop. It doesn't let up. That's the thing. Like there are these kind of few and far between kind of lulls, which you can't even call it a lull because that implies like very low energy and the energy <laughs> never drops. It's just like the tone, the sentiment kind of does. You get these little breaks, but not for a while. Um, it, it just, it's pedaled to the floor the entire time. And I was kind of worried about that too. I was like, can I, I really love Jimmy Barnes. I love his energy. I love his voice. Am I going to be able to do an entire album of him? Because what brought mm -hmm. me to this was Stone Cold. I reacted to that song and I'm like, this song's amazing. There's got to be, the Bonamassa yeah. version has got to be somewhere on Spotify. And sure enough, it was. And I sent it to Tanner to listen to. And he's like, whoa, have you ever rolled into the rest of this thing? And I was like, no. Went through and did it. And again, I was reticent. I'm like, how much Jimmy Barnes can a man really take? And it mm -hmm. turns out as much as he's got to give. <laughs> yeah, as much as he's willing to give. Because, man, you know, funny thing is, like, I'll get it out of the way fast here. The <laughs> the one song on the album, uh, hold on, I'm going to pull it up here. Because for some reason, like, Spotify doesn't, has a different version of the album than there is online for, like, lyrics and stuff. So it's very hard to find the actual track listing for this one. Um, so I'm just going to pull it up on my phone. Uh, Ride the Night Away. Oh. The one was Steven Van Zandt. Like of, of all the songs on the album, that was easily my least favorite. And I don't know why. Because I, obviously I love the E Street Band. I love Little Steven. It's just like compared to the rest of the songs in this album. And, and I think that one's probably still can be considered a pretty good song. But compared to the rest of this stuff, it was not as good. Which is pretty wild. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't Crazy. think you would say that as a, as an E Street yeah. loyalist and not like out of blind loyalty to E Street. Yeah. You have to like it. Cause little Stevens in by get hooked on panics. Um, <laughs> big inside joke for the Vermont people. Um, but I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. It is a very like, um, kind of Springsteen B side sort of thing mm -hmm. from, Around this time period, like 2014, I wouldn't call it like one of his classics. Um, but there, and there were a couple of moments like Working Class Man, mm -hmm. that was pure Springsteen. Again, take nothing away yes. from Jimmy Barnes because I'm sure the comment section's on fire. It's like, first of all, Jeff says you're functionally <laughs> yeah. dead when you're 67. We're all 67. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking about the voice, like the vocal ability by that point is. <laughs> There's, 
You can't fight father time on that stuff. Listen, one of the biggest casualties of it is our boy Meatloaf. So yes. we, we understand the pain. We're not taking the piss out of him. But, no. um, but yeah, I it's I, I do get it because there's there are moments like that. Uh, working class man. Parts of it are a little on the nose, but it's just such an anthem. Like we love that word anthemic. Mm-hmm. Whoa, he's a working class man. And then it kicks in like, yes, come on. That doesn't give you a stiffy. It won't. Yeah, it's it's I, it, for me. I wanted to get out of the way that like the one thing I didn't like about this album, so that I could spend the rest of the time just getting real excited. Because boy, this album got me very excited. Um, for those of you that are here for the first time for any of our Australia content, I'm gonna read just a just a little chunk here that I found online that I think kind of sums up who Jimmy Barnes is, and likely if you live in in the U.S., you probably haven't heard of him. And unfortunately so. And I suggest you go check him out. Uh, But Jimmy Barnes is the heart and the soul of Australian rock and roll. His nickname, Barnsey, conjures up thoughts of rock music at an ear-splitting volume and of soul standards given a unique reading. Jimmy has been through it all and literally lived to tell the tales. He has sold more records in Australia. He has sold more records in Australia than any other local rock artist. He has enjoyed 15, 15 number one albums, more than the Beatles had in Australia. 15 number one albums, more than the Beatles had in Australia. And for over 40 years, he has delivered some of our most intense and iconic live performances. He is truly in a league of his own. And there are there is no hyperbole in that whatsoever. I mean, holy shit. I, I, 15 number one records? Mm-hmm. That's insane. It says it <laughs> says so right on the internet. So that's, that's, gotta, that's insane. True. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know who else. Like, I mean, obviously the Beatles. Did they come out with 15? I don't even know if they had 15. <laughs> who gives a shit? They're yeah, I don't overrated. know. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. I, I, I'm kidding. That's a subject for another pod. We could get into that. <laughs> the hot take um, factory. Yes, we could certainly do that. Just have one episode. Just nothing but stuff to make people mad. Mm, I like it. Um, <laughs> that's what I thought we were doing this whole time. But it's to me, it's just like tells you what level he is in Australia. And while it may not have like translated as much as it should have over to other parts of the world, I don't think it needed to. This dude is royalty down there. Well, okay, that's another uh, big piece of the lore, the Barnsey and Cold Chisel lore, is they tried to make the jump to America. And to do that, you have to move to America. And Jimmy Barnes, Mm. apparently, like, the Keith Moon of his day, just, like, unrepentant party animal. And the American record labels jerked Cold Chisel around, and they thought Jimmy Barnes was a liability, and so it left the whole group disenfranchised and they came back to Australia and wrote a song called You've Got Nothing I Want. And it's about mm-hmm. the American record or music industry. Um, I've been meaning to do a reaction to that one because I bet it's f- great. I bet it's full of piss mm-hmm. and vinegar. It's the only Barnes he can do. So I really want to check yes. that one out. But yeah, I, I mean, again, this is happening under our noses this, this entire time. It's pretty yes. crazy to think about. He was considered to replace Bon Scott in ACDC. No shit. Okay, I can see that, especially on this album. Yeah, 
could you imagine like Brian Johnson is the perfect for ACDC. I mean, like they iconic, iconic rock songs, but could you imagine Jimmy Barnes singing an ACDC? I mean, there were moments where I was like, damn, he really could have just stepped right into that kind of thing. It's just that, oh. that hot, that ah, kind of, I can't even do it. That snow. Yeah. Just that like, snow just like in his get. face, basically. Can you imagine like highway to hell with him singing it? <laughs> no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I bet, I wonder if there's video of, I wonder if he did a cover of it at a concert or something like that. I wouldn't be surprised. What if he hated hands. ACDC? <laughs> just like it had a big rivalry. Well, apparently ACDC lost that one, which is wild because they are actually big over here. It's yeah. weird the stuff that hits here, like, um, like a couple NXS things that people like. Mm-hmm. Um, what you need? I love Kick. That's a fun album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, an ACDC, but like not Barnsey, and Barnsey was just kicking ass all over the mm-hmm. continent of Australia. It's very strange. I think it I think it had to do a lot with like we had a, obviously there's a ton of American artists and then there was also a lot of British artists that found a lot of success over here. So it's like at a certain point there's only so much room for it, you know? And I think they just kind of fell victim to being someone that the record companies looked at as like an easy way to make a buck cuz they're like, "Oh, here's another overseas band that, you know, has a couple albums already and they rock and it's like we could sell a lot of records over here." And it probably didn't have much to do with helping them out at all it was more about how can we make some money off of you and i could certainly see why that would piss them off and why he wouldn't want to go through with it yeah it's uh i don't know if you know this but the music industry is incredibly predatory um yeah (laughs) so there's no helping the artist (laughs) breaking news but uh i don't know if you guys knew that spoiler (laughs) um but I think someone like Jimmy Barnes is too beautiful for the American music industry. Yes. Again, there's that cut your teeth in the pubs kind of attitude to it where mm-hmm. if you're starting to lose a room, you got to know what to do to get him back on board. And you got to like, you have to live the gimmick. And it sounds like Uncle Jim lived the gimmick a little too hard at different points in his life, but apparently is yes. like clean and sober now. And that's awesome. Um, and this album kind of has the triumph of a, a sober man who almost touched the void. Um, there's so much joy and like, I I can't say I went and listened to the original version of every single song on this, but the ones that I did, he just totally breathed new life into them. It's, it's wild. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that he could go back into his catalog and revisit these hits and sound like he's doing them for the first time. Like the the joy and the the gratitude, as like maybe kind of like hokey as that is to say, but it's there. Mm-hmm. Like it's a guy who's grateful to be alive and grateful to still be able to make music. Yeah, and that shines through the whole thing. It's it's rock and roll the way it's meant to be listened to, loud and hard in a smoke filled yes. room. <laughs> oh, I I would love to see like any of these songs live. Um, I think what the advantage for him is, is when those songs are originally written with like real intention and, and real emotion, when you revisit them, like you're, you've changed in those, you know, in some cases it's been like 30, 35 years since these songs came out. Um, 
you know, you've changed in that time. So like how you interpret the songs that you wrote will also change. You know, if they were written without any semblance of emotion or anything, you wouldn't be able to have a connection with them past the point of you writing them. But when you actually put yourself into it like he does, you have the ability to revisit that and now you can bring a different emotion to it. You know, where you might have been struggling when you wrote that song, you've conquered those, you've climbed those mountains now, you know, so you can look at that from a different perspective of having done it instead of it still being in front of you. And I think it's a really, I when you listen to the album in that sense, I don't think you have to listen to the original versions to like listen for a difference. If you understand that's what's going on, it's going to add that emotion to it that you need to really get deep into these songs. And it's easy to do. It's easy. This was an album that was easy to get sucked into. I was listening to it at work mm-hmm. while I was just like kind of doing some mindless stuff. And I was able to just kind of like vanish into it with these things in. And then I got home and I was listening to it while I was cooking on a nice speaker. And then I went to bed and I listened to it with my Tascams on, not sponsored by any of these people. Um, but it was just like every single which way that I listened to it in the car on the way to work, dodging Portland traffic. Like it just, it had a mode for every moment. It was absolutely Mm -hmm. wild. Like how easy it is to get sucked into this. The musicianship is top notch. The special guests, we gotta, we gotta take a moment to double back to Stone Cold because if I don't remember this and we don't do it, I'll kick myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Give it up, not just for Barnsey, not just for Joe Bonamassa, but for Tina Arena on Stone Whoa, Cold. Whoa, yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, that, I mean, Tina Arena, like, I feel like I'd heard that name before because I think she had a couple of hits. Like, she had a top 40 hit over here at one point. Um, and, like, it just, the name sounded familiar to me. I think I'd seen it on, like, a VH1 compilation show or some something like that. Um, but, man, the pipes the pipes i mean just it made everything so much better like on that song like joe bonamassa you know that's another one if people don't know about him like one of the best like living guitar players right now i mean that guy as far as blues players go doesn't get a lot better than him um she has a crazy powerful voice like like the female version of meatloaf kind of powerful it's just like hitting notes where it's you get kind of surprised at whoa she's getting up there like you think you've heard the range and then it expands again and it just was like really astounding to listen to that song because it it really you can just feel that they were feeling it it reminds me a lot of i guess instead of frank zappa we're gonna make multiple meatloaf references this episode got him um but they reminded me a lot of when Meatloaf and Marion Ravenwood did It's All Coming Back to Me Now, a song that was always mm-hmm. meant to be a duet. No disrespect to, yes. hey, no disrespect to Celine. <laughs> but it was always meant to be a duet. And it was the same thing with Marion Ravenwood and Meatloaf, where this was a point where he was kind of hitting the tail end of what he could pull off. And she was a great dance partner. And mm-hmm. it was just like, again, reaching those new heights and kind of elevating each other and their voices mesh. And it's just in this, in Stone Cold, it's just the trifecta of Barnsey, Joe Bonamassa, Tina Arena. I, I've I've listened to this song. I, I will like MK Ultra, like mutter the lyrics to myself if it's on in like the next <laughs> county, which I'm sure it isn't, but there you go. It should be. It should be. I feel like it's it might be kind of part of our civic duty as a podcast to spread the word. 
hopefully this episode helps people understand what they're missing out on by not checking out those Australian artists that didn't really make it huge over here. If all you're familiar with is ACDC and Land Down Under when it comes to Australian music, you've got to do a little more research. you got to figure out a little more. ACDC rocks. Men at Work rock. Don't get me wrong, but there's a whole lot more to get into. And you should start with Jimmy Barnes. And this would not be a bad album to start with because it's just bangers all the way through. Starts with Lay Down Your Guns with Living End. It's like almost like a punk song. This is the one where you can tell like this was a pub band like origin person. Um, to me, I just like hearing this in a bar when I'm like eight or nine beers deep would be a dream come true. I totally, I, and back in the day when I was still, you know, sucking down on grandpa's cough medicine, absolutely a song like that. And now like in my, now that I'm an elderly man, I really appreciated, um, I'd rather be blind that again, like not to be stealing Jimmy Barnes from his own material and giving it to other artists. But that was pure meatloaf too. Just the way that that was put mm-hmm. together. Just, hey girl, we got a love that will stay in the test of time. It's just absolute crazy, pure rock and roll. Every, every like 30 seconds, mm-hmm. it's changing itself up. Absolutely perfect. And then it, um, it just builds and builds and builds and builds. And, it's just such a like over the top rock song. You can't help. You want to drive like 80 on the interstate of Portland, Maine, where everyone drives 10 miles under the speed limit at all times. Just the dumbest people alive. Um, That's everywhere now. Yeah, I guess so. But then you got to cool it down with, uh, I can't help. I can't help it when your love is gone or whatever it's actually called Uh, going up on it right now. But you come on down Mm -hmm. to that and that just like, just, I thought it was just like a whale. Your love is run dry. Turns out it was a well. Um, <laughs> well, it does. To be fair to you, it does sound like whale. And a whale would run dry if it got beached. And if your love yes. beaches itself, your whale's going to die. Yeah, exactly. Your love whale will not survive it. Yeah, Jimmy Barnes probably used his love whale a couple times in his life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm going to start calling it Love Whale. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I just, there's something about the way that when your love is gone, built and built and built, and then eventually you add in like mm-hmm. a little kid to the chorus. And like, I would imagine that's like his granddaughter or could be his kid if he's one of those old guys that's still got a little lead in the pencil. Um, <laughs> but... It was great. It was like, you could tell it was like this very like beautiful studio moment. Um, and that's the strength. Like it's, this album's all over the place in the best possible way. It can be mm-hmm. tough. It can be introspective. It can be family man kind of stuff. Working man kind of stuff. It just kind of like shows the full range of Jimmy Barnes. And he's so good at knowing when to back off and when to like mm-hmm. turn up the juice. You know what I mean? It's, it's so good. Yes. And there's a lot of there's a lot of singers that don't have the ability to like he, if he just wanted to sing it clean, like clean vocals, none of the, you know, the the gravel, you know, whatever you call that, the 
you know, the distortion in his voice, like without any of that, he's still like a phenomenal singer, even if he didn't do any of that. So that the strength that he has, and it's the same thing. And this is somebody that definitely didn't keep the voice that they had, but like Axl Rose back in the day had a crazy vocal range, crazy. And he could sing without any of that classic growl that he's known for. But I feel like I get the same sense of that vocal ability from Jimmy Barnes. The difference is he never lost it. Yeah, that's true. And um, who's the deer tick guy? I'm going up on his name too. But I remember John McCauley. John McCauley. Like big time buzzsaw voice. Sometimes it gets hard to like listen to too much of that. Mm-hmm. Someone with a really distinctive voice who kind of has one volume and one speed who just rides it can become grating. And I was like, oh God, mm-hmm. is Barnsley going to do that? Because he does. He has such a distinctive kind of coarse voice but you know me thinking i wouldn't love it that's what a fool believes because that's what a fool believes that's what a fool believes kenny that's what a fool believes yacht rock reference um had to get it in God there damn it <laughs> had to get it in there um yeah i i was just he he knows exactly when to take about 25 percent off there are there are moments to do i can't even do it like he there's moments to do what he does so well and then there are these kind of like kind of tender growly moments that he does and i guess it's just decades and decades and decades of practice and and developing that kind Mm -hmm. of musical acumen but it's perfect it's perfect that was a long way of beating around the bush to arrive at the conclusion that it's perfect Perfect. Yeah, and he he is. There's so many perfect perfect moments on this. Like he has his kids on a couple songs on this one. Um, his daughter Mahalia Barnes, Mahalia. I don't know exactly how to pronounce that. I assume Mahalia and her band, the Soulmates, plays with him on Stand Up, which is a banger. And his daughter has a phenomenal voice too. I mean, it's it's clear where she got it from. Um, I don't know who the mom is if she's also a singer, but like clearly. There's a lot of vocal talent running through those the veins in that family. Um, and then also his son, I believe it's son David Campbell, um, sings with him on Walk On, which is another fantastic song, which is basically what we're going to say about almost every song on this album. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how how much I f- how I feel about this one being nominated for like an album of the year kind of thing, but I it's new it's all new to me. Like this might be kind of like a greatest hits like re-recording of a lot of songs but it is brand new to me and this was i I mean probably my favorite listening experience so far of the three that we've done so far this year holy shit interesting um because i would put them all they've all been such we started yeah this year off so strong we were shot out of a cannon um especially because like towards the end of the year i think we were kind of lukewarm on stuff or one of us liked it and one of us didn't. It was like white Buffalo and eh, for me, wise blood and mm-hmm. eh, for you to take us into the end of the year. It's kind of tough. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we were on the ropes, but it, I think SZA, Margot Price and Jimmy Barnes have really brought us back. And Jimmy yes. Barnes, it, this was a revelation and it was just so goddamn delightful. Yeah. Did you have any other like standout songs on there? Because I got a couple that I definitely want to definitely want to shout out. Pump one of yours. So 
I'd Die to Be With You Tonight, the mm. one he does with Diesel. Another cla- That's another Australian artist that's like part of that whole kind of collection. I mean, it, it definitely, I think all these folks from the late 70s on through the 90s and early 2000s, they all were doing concerts together. That's the one thing I've noticed about the Australian music scene is while they may not have made it huge over here, they all work together. You know, I think they all realize that, you know, a united front is how, you know, everybody's going to do well. And I think they do such a good job with that. Um, working class man, obviously. He's got Jonathan Kane and Ian Moss from Gold, Cold Chisel on that one as well. Fantastic. Um, going down alone, Neil Sean from Journey on this album as well. I mean, just really, truly fantastic songs that are, I feel like, every bit as good as they were when they were first recorded. And, you know, to our Australian contingent, who are probably the only people watching this, feel free to jump in (laughs) and tell us, like, what... I love when they leave the stories in the comments. Like, what was your experience hearing these things for the first time? Because, again, it's Mm got to be like, while Springsteen was doing his thing over here, Jimmy Barnes was doing it down there. Um I just want to know. I want to know what it was like hearing these things for the first time and then like hearing him revisit these like it's the first time because we don't have that same experience. It's all new to us. Speaking as a, a 33-year-old American, it I get it. It hits with me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go this, ahead this... and just... Sorry, we're... I was going to jump to the end. No, no, no. Do it. I, I just preemptively, like we can keep going, but I preemptively am going to say it's an obvious stream it. Oh, at 100%. Yeah. If I had more thumbs, it'd get as many thumbs as I had up. I mean, it's just, it to me, like, this was such a... I'm glad we picked this one to really do the full, like, dive into Australian music. Because you and I have never talked about it really on the podcast at all. No. You know, we've talked about it when we meet up beforehand. But I don't think we've really spent much time talking about it other than just mentioning a thank you to the folks for, you know, kind of helping our channel get to where it is at this point. Um, but this was phenomenal i mean absolutely top to bottom phenomenal like even the even that steven van zandt song that i really didn't like that much um i like the original a lot more i think steven van zandt was the problem on that one it sounded too much like a later springsteen song and i think that was an issue i love it when springsteen does it because i've got that blind loyalty but when that sound is transferred somewhere else doesn't really doesn't really hit that much with me but there's nothing bad i can say about literally anything else on this album nope not at all. And even, again, even like, what is it? Sex is like pizza. Even the worst you've had is still great. That's yeah. kind of, it. it's the pizza theory on this album. Like, even the one that brings up the rear is still light years ahead of some of mm-hmm. what other people of that age and status are putting out. Like, yes, I, I love Bruce, but that last one was a, a clunker for me. I did not like the the cover album that he did. Heart was in the right place, but... It's just for me. So in many ways, doing this Jimmy Barnes album kind of like washed that taste out of my mouth, which sounds like a horribly mean thing to say about Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) But it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, it's for me. I just I I don't know. This this was such a good experience, such a fun experience. Um, You know, I'm sure there's other australian artists that we're gonna that we're gonna kind of go down this rabbit hole because i had a great time like reading about him you know kind of finding out more about his career kind of what he did and it turns out it's like 
the bee's knees in Australia. I mean, I thought John Farnham was big, and I mean, obviously he is, but Jimmy Barnes is like the one when it comes to rock and roll in, in Australia. Yeah, I think John Farnham is their sweet boy, and Jimmy Barnes is the bad man. Yes. Pulled that out of my ass, and I love it. I'm sticking with it. Sweet yeah, boy and bad Harvey, man. It's the Harvey Dent and Two-Face. Yes, absolutely. Chocolate yeah. and peanut butter. They're finally together. Yes. And, and, yeah, go listen to this album if you haven't yet. Um, obviously, tell us your stories about, because I'm sure a lot of you watching this have seen Jimmy Barnes live at some point. So tell us your stories. Like, if he did something crazy in concert, whatever the best version of a song that you saw live, if there's, like, a live footage that we should see, let us know because this was fantastic. I certainly won't mind doing some more of it. So I think we're going to try to revisit Australian artists like every once in a while, um, you know, and really sprinkle those in because obviously there's, we thought we've, you know, kind of delved into it. We really just kind of cracked the door a little bit. There's so much more for us to get into. And hopefully as this podcast ages, we'll be able to get into a lot more of that. Yeah. There's a lot of other stuff that we're interested in doing. And like Jeff said, that means more Australian stuff down the line. It's not going to be every week, but you never know when we're going to dive into more Australian stuff. It's going to come at you when you least expect it. And that's why Mm -hmm. you have to keep watching. You have to stay here at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash out on that line. You need to make sure that you're subscribed and your notifications are turned on and all that good stuff because that's the only way you're going to find out when we do more Australian content, we don't publicize it in advance. You have to show up. We'll tell you when it's happening, and you will be there. You will be there for John Farnham and, and Jimmy Barnes and so much more. We're, we are done with Harry Styles. We can promise you that. But, yes. But you never know what we're going to do next. we got all kinds of stuff coming. So don't – what are you doing? Why delay? Tell, tell your yeah. friends. Use the comments down below. Tell us what – Australian artists we should do next when we get to the next video for an Australian artist like what one should we do should it be an album a live show whatever it is put it down in the comments we'll use that as the poll basically whatever we see pop up there the most um, we'll, we will do that for the next video so let us know what else you might want to hear make sure you check out the reaction video that Alex has already posted and until next time <laughs>